Do you ever notice how people start getting hopeful around the end of the year? It's like once those Christmas windows go up on Fifth Avenue, New Yorkers suddenly forget all the social rules we agree to the rest of the time. You know, no eye contact, no smiling, no slow walking. But that first snow falls, and before it turns to rocky road slush, people briefly wake up and actually see the eight million other New Yorkers around them. Any day now, lady. Sorry, sorry, I can never find my thing in this huge bag. Louie, you're killing me. <laughs> yeah, very fun. I'm heading downtown. Oh, Crawford. Hey, I wasn't trying to steal your cab. Well, why not steal my cab? You've already stolen my apartment. It was the squatter, also known as the 31-year-old trust fund brat I made the mistake of subletting my apartment to after the suit and I finally went all in and tied the knot. Right before we finalized our prenup, I could hear my grandmother's voice advising me from the grave. Now, baby, keep a little something hidden away for yourself, she used to say. So... I kept my apartment and hid it from the suit in case of emergency. Twelve pairs of Manolos and one global pandemic later, the suit and I officially untangled our knot, and I went crawling back to my longest-lasting relationship with my alcove studio on the Upper East Side. Only my emergency exit was in use by the squatter. Dude, I didn't steal your apartment. At least, not as long as the moratorium's in oh, place. Oh, I know about the moratorium. Which, by the way, I'm pretty sure is not for daddy's boys who still get a monthly allowance. Hot kettle much? The only difference between you and me is that your monthly allowance is called alimony. For a long time, the only men I spoke to were delivery boys and trash bag hazmat suits, so I couldn't tell if the squatter was a flirt or if he was just a dick. You tease, but I think divorcee has a way better ring to it than underachieving tax write-off. Come on, you want to ride or not? Oh, sorry, yeah, um, he's going downtown. And, oh, you know what, since the meter's still running, he's just gonna pay for both rides. Just deduct my fare from your rent next month, and then we'll be even. Oh, that's right, you don't pay me rent. Good night, squatter. Asshole, close the door. Well played, Crawford. I usually hated it when guys called me by my last name. It was almost always a move by tryhards and dudes whose come-ons had been permanently stunted at a high school level. But with the squatter, it felt effortless, like we knew each other as more than landlady and tenant. When the squatter's taxi pulled off, he turned back and smiled at me, and I felt a smile creep onto my face, even though in that moment, I knew for certain that the squatter was a flirt and a dick. And more importantly, he was trouble. As I climbed the four stories to Jaden's old apartment, the one that, in a twist of irony, I was now renting, I didn't have my usual fantasy of handing the squatter a pink slip and reclaiming my apartment. No, this time I fantasized about wearing nothing but a pink La Perla slip and giving the squatter a run for his allowance. Ever since the suit broke my heart in a way I was too blind to realize I'd been expecting all along, I was sort of sleepwalking through my life. 
but after whatever I just felt with the squatter, I couldn't help but wonder if all those New Yorkers could find some magic in the city after the new year, why couldn't I? You're listening to Taylor Vaughn Lastly's I Couldn't Help But Wonder, a fiction podcast about a sexy group of friends who, after all these years, are still making their mark on the city. As usual, I was running late for dinner. Scarlett had read about this new restaurant in Chelsea with a non-binary head chef. Ever since her youngest kid came out, Scarlett's been aggressively allying with every LGBTQIA person she can find. She'd get a trans pride flag tattooed on her ankle if it wouldn't stop her from being buried in the side-by-side Jewish cemetery plot she and Ari already paid for. Good evening, welcome to Donnie. Do you have a reservation? Yeah, Ames. Oh, you know what? Actually, I uh, see them right over there. Thank you. Oh, Sherry, you made it! It's so good to see you. You had to hand it to Scarlett. She was always excited to see you, whether it had been two days or two decades since your last meal together. In our case, it had been about 16 hours. You know, they almost wouldn't seat us since our entire party wasn't here. I told Scarlett to tell you we were meeting an hour earlier. Didn't I, Scarlett? Yes, but in her defense, Cher is going through a lot right now. Since my split from the suit, Scarlett's been cutting me all the slack her husband Ari wishes she'd give him. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't milking it for all it's worth, because once that well of understanding dries up, I'll be expected to rejoin her monthly Jewish women's tea, which is exactly as bad as it sounds. You know, Cher's just riding the sympathy wave to get out of going to your temple events. <gasps> Cher, is that true? If you don't like my ladies' teas, you can tell me. I'm good with constructive criticism. Since when? Mindy had developed the fun habit of telling the unvarnished truth, social cues be damned. I assumed it was a side effect of her recent career pivot from partner at a cutthroat law firm to humble public defender for the city. She seemed to have way less patience for polite bullshit now that she had uncovered so much actual injustice in the legal system. Needless to say, Mindy had just guaranteed that whatever leniency Judge Scarlet granted me before would hereby be dismissed. Scar, come on, you know I love you. Those things just aren't my scene. You know, if I wanted to bathe myself in Shalimar and discuss jello flavors, I'd stop putting off visit to my mother's nursing home. Yeah, Scarlet, it is a little bleak. I mean, we're already on the business end of 40. We can do without the reminders of our mortality. <laughs> oh, sweetie. You said you were good with constructive criticism. <laughs> Scarlet, we can keep coming to your teas. I'll just... Bring a flask. Oh my gosh. You guys, I'm not upset about you. Ari wants me to quit the synagogue. He said he married me because I was nothing like his mother, but now, now we're one and the same. 
You called me a yenta. And now you're saying you hate my temple friends. You know, I think friend status should be reserved for people who've been with you during a public meltdown. <laughs> Excuse me, is your friend all right? Uh, can I do something? Yeah, you can bring an old-fashioned, neat and quickly. Um, are we sure she needs alcohol? Oh, it's for me. Scarlett Ames was the type of woman who wanted to be adored. After dating practically every eligible Ivy League asshole in the tri-state area, she finally got swept off her feet by Ari Silverstein, a tax attorney with two degrees from Quinnipiac, which Scarlett always pointed out was a stone's throw from Yale. What Ari lacked in credentials worthy of the Times' vow section, he made up for with his complete and utter adoration of Scarlet. The fact that she was a goy was an added bonus. No more tedious Saturday morning services with his mother. What Ari didn't anticipate was that Scarlet had secretly converted to Judaism and bought a wedding dress, just in case. Eight months after popping the question, Ari and Scarlet were circling each other seven times in their Jewish wedding ceremony. When a position opened up in the synagogue's front office, Scarlet filled in as a temp and never left. Somehow, Ari Silverstein had done the exact thing he swore he never would. Marry his mother. Don't you see? What if this is the beginning of the end? What if Ari is falling out of love with me, just like the suit. Well, listen, I still have all my vendors on speed dial, so we can throw you a bitchin' divorce party. And invite the ladies from Temple. (laughs) This isn't funny. I'm really worried. You two are probably just in a rough patch. You've gotten through those before. Maybe you just need to, you know, shake up your sex life. Mindy, I'm glad it worked out for you and Pete, but I don't think the answer here is for me or Ari, to go out and get a girlfriend. Don't knock it till you try it. A few years ago, after a wine-fueled office holiday party, Mindy admitted to Pete, her husband of almost 20 years, that she had a crush on a woman at work named Jen. She had no idea how Pete would react, but she was definitely not expecting him to help her figure out the best way to ask Jen on a date. Mindy insisted that Pete also ask out someone cute from work. It's only fair. Their transition to ethical non-monogamy had had its challenges, but now, four years later, Mindy and Pete both had girlfriends, and their sex life with each other had never been hotter. Turns out Mindy was as devout a polyamorist as Scarlett was a Jew. Mindy's practically drowning in partners, and I'm about to lose the only one I've got! Scar, listen, Ari is not going to leave you. He's obsessed with you. (laughs) And it's not like he can do any better. What she means is, if Ari were falling out of love with you, Scar, I don't think he would do you the courtesy of giving you a heads up. You know, he'd be like creating secret offshore accounts to shelter his money. Trust me. (gasps) You're right. Oh, now I feel silly. I'll call his mom tomorrow and tell her it was a false alarm. (laughs) You talked to his mother about this. Oh my gosh, there's Chef Ray. Do you think they'll come over and say hi because Cher's here? Cher Crawford. Well, that is you. (laughs) Guilty as charged. (laughs) Holy shit. I can't believe you're in my restaurant right now. 
<laughs> How do you like everything? Tasty? Oh my god. Divine. Oh, um, by the way, these are my friends. Um, this is Scarlett and Mindy. Hi. I'm the one who said we had to come here. I saw you on this year's Out 100. Oh, Brad, yeah, that was a big signal boost for the restaurant. One of my kids is transitioning right now. I... I'm an ally. So, I'm trying to collect all the role models I can for them. Well, not, uh, collect. That, that obviously, uh, came out wrong. I, I mean, I think it's really brave what you're doing. Making food while queer is brave? Well, uh, no, uh, no. What I mean I'm is... I'm just fucking with you. Working back there in a hot kitchen with all those dudes and all that B.O. is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> hey, Cher, um, uh, do you mind if we uh, grab a selfie? I know it's cheesy, but... Oh my god, uh, no, not cheesy at all. Um, you have your phone? My mom's gonna freak. <laughs> I started sending her your reels and you're the reason she finally got on TikTok. I love that. All right, get in here. Okay, one, two, three. Got it. Thanks so much. I, I, I'm gonna go get your dessert. Oh, uh, we didn't order dessert. You didn't have to. Iconic sex-positive feminists get dessert on the house. Oh, thank you. Not to be a bitch, but exploiting your friend's drama for your substack and posting about whatever outfit you wore today does not a feminist icon make. Hey, don't forget about the part where she donated half her divorce settlement to Time's Up. Well, that's on me for marrying a charming but deceptive sociopath who couldn't keep his hands to himself. Shit, Cher, I didn't mean it. Like... No, no, it's it's true. I mean, I never met a red flag I didn't like, right? Oh, Cher, we were young. We didn't know any better. Well... Yes, Mindy, we know you never liked the suit. You told us so. You told us so, you told us so, you told us so. There! Are you happy? Actually, that is really satisfying. Hey, you want to split a cab across town? I've got tickets to this, um, immersive museum. I guess it's like an art exhibit and a maze. It's supposed to be amazing. Oh, I I think I'm done for the night. I should probably get home. I thought we were gonna head uptown together for- For what? You guys are going to Savannah's party, aren't you? Oh, you know about it. We weren't sure if she invited you, you know, since- Are you going? Uh, no, uh, no, I was not invited. As I stood there shivering on the sidewalk in the January cold, I tried to remind myself that I always knew this day would come. The day when Mindy and Scarlett would have to admit that they were still friends with Savannah, even after our huge blowout. It's not that I expected them to choose me over her. <laughs> even typing that feels so high school. But the truth was that my split from Savannah was way more heartbreaking than my divorce from the suit. With the suit, there were no kids, no pets, no houseplants to divvy up. But with Savannah, there were brunch spots and events and friends we had to split custody of. And tonight felt like signing divorce papers all over again. I dug around in my purse, reaching for anything that might make me seem less pathetic. But goddamn Louie and his bottomless purse struck again. Good going, Scott. No, no, it's fine. Cornell told me about it, you know, so I figured you'd be going. Are you sure? 
I mean, if you don't want us to go... Please stop pretending that Ari isn't already there waiting for us. Taxi! Listen, I know. It sucks. But it's better for us to rip the band-aid off, right? Look, I'll call you tomorrow and I'll tell you how slutty Savannah looked. I love you. Yeah, we love you, Cher. Have a good night. As I was getting home, I pictured Scarlett, Mindy, and Savannah all having the time of their lives at the party as if they had been a trio all along. The FOMO I had hurt almost as badly as the brand new Louboutins I was breaking in that night. When I tried to open the deadbolt to my apartment, the key didn't work. I had already been locked out of my friendship. Now I was locked out of my apartment, too. So I resorted to something I've never done before. Prayer. And when I put my key in the next time, the door swung open. Crawford. Squat. Look, if you're trying to evict me, you could at least do me a solid and come back during business hours. Oh my god, I must have gone to my apartment instead of going to my apartment out of habit. Oh my god, I am so sorry. Um, Or you subconsciously wanted to see me again. uh, That is ridiculous. Is it? Because earlier in the cab, I definitely felt like there was something going on between us, but... uh, what do I know, right? I'm just an underachieving tax writer. Oh my god, you are so annoying. And annoyingly hot. I figured if the squatter was already screwing me out of my apartment, he might as well screw me in it, too. You just listened to episode one of I Couldn't Help But Wonder, a fiction podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, subscribe, and share with your friends. If you'd like to support future episodes, make sure to click the link in the show notes to become a Patreon supporter. I Couldn't Help But Wonder is a production of Bullet Dodge Studios. This episode was written, directed, produced, edited, and sound designed by Taylor Vaughn Lasley. Starring... Taylor Von Lasley, Matt Ramo, Cleo Handler, Gaba, Jamie Danner, and me, Zach Reed. Our theme song is Tango Mechanique by Kirk Pearson and Bit. Additional music credits for this episode include This Christmas by Dot, Night Marching Deserves a Quiet Night by Freddie and the Indifference, and Sexy Lady by Break the Bands. Catch you next time.